Hatchkala, Perik Base, Mishnah Gimel 2 3. We have two separate topics in our Mishnah. Let's discuss them one at a time. The first is discussing the requirement to make a bracha on separating Chala and whether one could make such a bracha when he or she is unclothed. Now, when one separates Chala, there's a bracha to be made, a share Kedeshambu Mazosa, Vitzivanu Lahafresh Chala, or Lahafresh Chala Menha Isa. And there's a mitzvah from the Torah that one may not um, say a bracha or any other davar shibakadusha if he is uh, unclothed, exp- has some of his, uh, I'll call it his nakedness, his erva nakedness exposed, because the Pasuk Kisaitse says, Lo yera bacha ervas davar, Hashem will not see amongst you a, a naked thing. And therefore, when your nakedness per se is exposed to be seen, then one may not say a bracha or mention Hashem's name, etc. So, although we've already said in Meseches Trumos that a person who's unclothed shouldn't be separating Truma, because there again, when it comes to Truma, you say a bracha, sher lahafresh Truma, and if you're naked, your erva is exposed, and therefore you couldn't say the bracha, therefore the Mishnah already said you shouldn't, um, it's, the, it's the first parak, sixth Mishnah, one six of Trumos, said you shouldn't separate Truma if you're naked. Um, that was imagining that the person doing the hafreshes truma, the separating of the truma, was a man. And in general, the Mishnayas are focused assuming that men are doing these mitzvahs, um, although women may do them too, but the focus is sort of on men. Now, it seems that chala, the focus consistently has been based on the assumption that most of the time the person doing the kneading of the dough is the woman, and therefore chala is, so to speak, a woman's mitzvah. Again, a man could do it too, um, but in general it seems that it was in practice women who were doing it. So we consider the question of a woman who was undressed separating challah and whether the halacha is the same for her as for a man. And since um, the physiology of a woman is just different than a man's, as it happens, the Mishnah says the halacha is different. So the Mishnah says inside, Ha'isha Yosheves, if a woman is um, sitting down, so she's, she's, let me say it really like this, Ha'isha Yosheves v'kotzachalasa aruma, a woman may be sitting down and separate Chala while she is undressed. Why? Because it's possible for her to cover herself up, a ish, but not a man. So what we're talking about here is, when it comes to a woman, if she's sitting on the ground with her, let's say her hamstrings flush with the ground and her knees together, so her legal erva will be covered because it will be flush against the ground. And that being the case, even though she's undressed, her erva is not exposed, and therefore she could make a bracha. Since she can make a bracha, the Mishnah here says that a woman could separate challah, making the bracha, and that she wouldn't be in violation of the din of having because her erva cannot be seen. In case you're wondering, it's well known that when it comes to parts of one's body that's covered, let's say by a woman, even one tefach of that body part exposed is considered erva. So, you know, one can't make a bracha if he's if a woman's wearing whatever has her shoulders exposed, etc. Um, so, the halacha there is talking about someone else. When someone else is in the presence of a naked woman, so then even a tefach of exposed skin is considered naked. But a woman by herself, as long as her privates are covered, and here privates here we define them specifically as being the uh, the part that can be covered when she sits flat against the ground. So she's allowed to she's allowed to separate and make a bracha. There is a bit of a dion in the Gemara if we're talking here if about what's the status of 
um, the buttocks, the behind. If that's also considered erva, the simple reading of our Mishnah would suggest that no, it is not, because one's behind is not covered when he sits with his legs flush against the ground, and yet we're letting this woman make the bracha. Um, so at least according to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, famously, I don't know, the Gemara says that she'd have to be sitting sort of in afratichuach, um, in soft, like sand, and sort of um, smush herself in so that she's settled in and also her her buttocks are behind is also covered in the sand. So it's a machlokus, and this actually becomes a machlokus in the postcom to the end, whether um, one's rear end is also considered to be erva. Um, the postcom, the, the achronim say definitely to be lahachmir, to be machmir, and assume it is and has to be covered. Um, but anyways, that's the story over here. There's a separate dion talking about the question about sitting down and making brachas altogether. In case you didn't know, it's proper to make a bracha standing up, um, and although one does sit down in certain scenarios, like when he benches or maybe when he, you know, makes kiddush uh, during Shabbos day or whatever the story is, or Havdalah sometimes, you're drinking the wine. So, so you have to have a good reason to be sitting down. Yeah, under normal circumstances, one makes the bracha, whatever the bracha is, standing up. So the Maganavram understands that this is an exception to the rule for whatever reason, the chala is different, but the Gran others reject that and say, no, one always is supposed to stand up, make a bracha standing up, um, except for where it's, you should be sitting down for some other mitigating reason that wouldn't apply normally when it comes to chala. Therefore, the bracha of chala should be said standing up, but in the case that a person has no clothing on, so he's forced, she's forced to sit down to make the bracha, so then that's why it's permitted over here, because she hasn't got an alternative for whatever reason. As for a man, so even if he sits with his legs and his hamstring is flush to the ground, so his body parts can't be covered properly, his erva, and that being the case, he can't make a bracha, and therefore he should not be sitting and separating challah um, while he's naked. Okay. The second part of the Mishnah has a, a new topic altogether. Um, it really wants to know the question, what happens if a person is tame and he can't become tahor? Let's say for argument's sake, he's tame and his own mikvah around. He's on a mountaintop somewhere and he can't become tahor. So what's better? Should he prepare his dough in batches that are less than the five-fourths kav, you know, the minimum amount of flour, and that being the case, there will never be an obligation to separate challah, which under normal circumstances is usr. A person can't make intentionally small batches of dough to sidestep the obligation of separating challah. You can't do that. But this guy, since his challah anyways will become tummy and you can't make challah tummy, is it better to just simply sidestep the issue of the tachiv of having to separate challah by making small batches of dough? Or is it better to do the mitzvah properly You and the mitzvah, deals with what to do next. You'll separate challah, you'll make a bracha, the challah will be tummy, and then the challah has to be burned or given to Kohen, and the Kohen burns it. Um, now, you're not allowed to be matama challah, but here you have no choice. So which is better, to make it in small batches, sidestepping the mitzvah challah, but not being matama challah, or is it better to make it in the requisite, in the normal size, and then you'll make challah, and the challah will be tummy. So there's a machlokas here in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Mishinu yachol asos isasu batara. If a person simply can't make his it's challah in a state of a purity, for whatever reason, like I said, he's on Mount Top and he's Tameh, no mikvah. Then, says the Tanakama, Yasana Kabin, he should do it in the volume of flour he should use, it just be one kav at a time, that's less than five-fourths of a kav, of course, and that way um, there'll be no obligation to separate challah, and that way Va'al Yasana Batuma, he won't come to have to separate challah in a way that makes it Tameh, and just sidestep the issue. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Rabbi Kiva disagrees, and he says, Yasena Batuma Val Yasena Kabm. He says, no, make your challah, separate it out, don't use artificially small measures, 
And all that will mean is that the Tchala becomes Tame. So fine. Shekashem shu korla tahara, kachu korla tamea. He'll just as one as a mitzvah to separate Chala if it's Tame or Tahara, there's no difference. He'll make, he'll separate the Chala, he'll make the Bracha and so on. And lazu kora Chala b'shem, lazu kora Chala b'shem. In both cases, the separated dough has the status of Chala. It's just that the Chala will be Tame, and then the rules are the rules are. So the Chala is Tame and has to be given to Kohen and burned. Avol kabim ein lehem chelik b'shem. If you would do your dough in batches of less than five-fourths of a kav, there'd be no obligation to take challah, and you'd just miss the mitzvah altogether, which is worse and unacceptable, says Rabbi Kiva. As far as the halacha, there's a machlokas if we go with Tanakama or Rabbi Kiva, um, but in practice, bizman hazet, today, we're in a scenario where, of course, all the challah that we separate is always tame because we're all tame, uh, and yet the consensus in the post is bizman hazet, today we do separate challah, um, with the bracha, and then we simply just burn it. And the reason why is, even if the halacha is in the time of the Mishnah, that one shouldn't be separating challah if it's going to become tamay, the custom will subsequently become less the mitzvah of challah be forgotten altogether. We continue to separate challah and just separate it with the bracha, but then since it's tamay, we go ahead and, and burn it.